This this is the sound of the from the recreend an emergency podcast alarm. It's going off. We've got to do a podcast. Hello and welcome to From the Rookery End. My name is John, with me is Michael. Well, hello to you. I love the way Mike always says hello. There's a certain tone that sets what we're going to be talking about. Uh, and Jason. <laughs> hello there. Uh, it is Sunday morning and we're all in our various different homes around South Hertfordshire and Buckinghamshire. And well, it was quite a day yesterday. It all happened quite quickly and it was quite... Well, we'll talk about exactly what it means. But Mike, Javi Grazia has uh, departed with immediate effect uh, as Watford head coach and replaced between tweets was 31 minutes and returning is one Kike Sanchez Flores. I wonder how long it would take us to do this song. The thing that sums this up or how I feel about it was probably summed up best as how I, how I find out. I had a really hectic day yesterday. I was, I was working at MK Dons against Wimbledon in, in Milton Keynes. That was a 12 o'clock kickoff, and I thought, well, if I, if I do this right, if I do, do everything correctly, get in the car quickly, I can get home, get Arlo, and we can go to Cheshire United. Arlo plays for Cheshire United, so he likes to go down and watch them whenever possible. They're in FA Cup action. Um, they won. Well done, Chesham. Um, so managed to do that, got down to Cheshire United, saw lots of people I knew down there. It was one of those days where you bump into people you know all day. You know, you know those, so... We just spent time chatting to people, watched the game, enjoyed the game, had a couple of beers afterwards, and I thought, oh, crikey, I haven't checked my phone for ages. So I actually, well, this is a horrible thought, but I checked it when I went into the bathroom. Mm. And I looked at my phone and I thought, oh, Javi's gone. Uh, what? Kike's back. <laughs> and so it all sort of, I, I sort of read it in a, in, a, in a mad sort of panic, very, very, very vaguely flustered sort of state. And I came out and started recounting the, what had happened to these chaps. And I actually had to second guess myself. Did I read that right? As I was telling them that Kike is back, I was thinking, is that right? And I had to check my phone again just to check it wasn't one of these parody accounts that was, that was trolling us. But no, there it was in, I was going to say black and white, but it was yellow and black, wasn't it? Um, have he gone and and Kike back and I think probably what is it twelve a day on from from finding out I haven't really processed it properly I don't think it's a very very difficult one there's so many contrasting emotions isn't there well that, we'll talk about those emotions and I think actually that's why we do this podcast Michael is to hopefully get ourselves and our sanity back as what for fans I got a text message from Richard who I sit next to and he said um, John hearing Havi's left is this true I'm at a family event <laughs> he said I said he's gone and Kike's back. You're kidding. Are you being serious? <laughs> and I've replied, deadly. Um, but say, yeah. the, the emotions were very high, Jason. And for, for the two points of view, the two different men that we, we will be discussing in this podcast. But for you, I mean, the, the, I think the overall high emotion is, is of a, a little bit of sadness, isn't it, Jace? Yeah, it's, it's sad that, that Javi's gone. We, I think we can understand the, the decision. We know why it's happened. Mike has, has spoken at great lengths on the podcast about how our form has not just been poor into this season, it was poor at the end of last season as well, and that he was struggling to see how not just Javi, but the group of players were going to turn things around, and something clearly needed to change. And I think we said in the West Ham podcast that 
the Pozzos won't want to go into an international break sitting at the bottom of the table on, on such a poor run of form and they, they may well take action and, and clearly they have done. Mike, the, you know, we have, we, there's, you know, your affection, let's say, I know um, your main affections goes to your family, of course, but for your affection <laughs> of, of, and, and John Eustace, but the, your affections towards <laughs> Javi as a Watford fan, they are, compared to other managers, ignoring Graham. They, it, he was right up there, wasn't he, with how we sort of felt towards him as a, as a person. Yeah, I've done a, a few sort of bits of, of media with people asking what, what the fans' view on Javi is, and I think the best way of describing it is there's just a huge amount, or there was, and there is such a huge amount of goodwill towards him, regardless of the of the results. There was there was a lot that, that Javi did for us. You have to remember he rescued that season um, where Marco Silva deserted us and left us in a in a disgraceful state. So he had a real job on his hands to come round and steady that ship and and turn it round, which he did. You know that 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 Chelsea game, which we've spoken of more than once, um, was was obviously the highlight of that season, and that was one of the most memorable moments in our in this Premier League run, wasn't it? So he steadied that ship, which took some doing, because we were in trouble. Players were 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 looking disinterested. The the performances were 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 appalling, and the results were were matching. So he did a great job there, and then of course he gave us last season, which whilst it didn't end up the way we wanted it to, for the most part, we were in with a shout of, of Europe and we obviously had that, that memorable cup run. Yeah, we lost in the final and the, the, the less said about that, the better, but we'll always have that, that FA Cup final with our families. We, you know, we met up, didn't we, that morning and, and had, had a breakfast, which all of us were there, all generations, which will live long in the memory. And as football fans, that's that's kind of what you want, isn't it? That's what we want. Certainly of our generation, we're a bit sort of longer in the tooth aren't we and we and we and we we want the the experience more than results means means more to us so Javi delivered on a on a number of levels for us personally didn't he and of course the other important thing was that he was a a lovely chap and he he was the outward face of Watford and he was incredibly well spoken he was very calm um when referees decisions went against us he didn't rant and rave like others did he was very statesmanlike wasn't he when he was in front of the camera so he was kind of Results aside, it was everything you would want from a from a head coach, especially after the the past two managers we'd had in um, in Marco Silva and and Matsari, both of who were a bit surly, weren't great with the with the press, um, and didn't really give the impression of being being that bothered. Have he felt like one of us? Didn't he? He felt like he got Watford. He felt like he got us, and it felt like we got him. We felt like one of the family. Yeah, as Jay said, the overriding emotion is is one of. Not one of surprise, but that doesn't take away the the element of sadness that it hasn't hasn't worked out. It was great, wasn't it, to think ahead and think, you know, he signed this contract that could be for five years. Wouldn't it be lovely to be doing this uh, our fifteenth anniversary year podcast <laughs> and have he have he have he still at the helm? Unlikely, it was always unlikely. Managers just don't last that long. But it was just nice, just to daydream a bit that he was going to be the one. He was going to see it through, but. The cracks did start appearing pretty badly last year and, and he hasn't even been able to paper over them, let alone fix them. So him going is, is probably a surprise to absolutely no one. Well, I was going to say there is a feeling of surprise. I think there is an element of surprise. And Jason, A, because when it's happening, I don't mean because it's in the middle of an international break and we're about to play Arsenal in Man City, but actually the surprise, Jace, is the fact that He's leaving when he hasn't had a fully fit squad. And yes, we know how bad the end of last season was. Then we brought in three, let's say, first team choice players, of which he's only had one. That's the surprising bit for me. 
he, he wasn't given the full chance to, to see what he could do with this new squad. First one I was going to going to make was um, just uh, picking up on Mike's point about Havi being in charge in five years' time. Um, given what happened yesterday, he could well be in charge in five years' time. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and to answer your question, John, we okay. So we haven't got a, a fully fit squad. What we have got pretty much is a is a fully fit defence, and that seems to be where the bigger problem is at the moment go back to talking about the we're not entirely happy with the strengthening of the defense this season but Dawson when signed felt like an improvement to the defense it hasn't quite worked out that way so far so I don't think you can lay that at the blame for the for the form I think it wasn't just the way the team was playing it was they looked broken there was you know, tactics, players coming in, coming out aside, the whole thing looked wrong. Um, the players are, have, have got their chin on their chests again. Um, I don't want to overblow it because I think the, the West Ham game, we were probably a little bit unlucky. Brighton was poor, Newcastle was poor, West Ham was ended up being poor. And it's not just about not having a fit squad, John. I think it's the whole feeling about the team because I think that Gino and Scott would argue that they've delivered a, a fairly deep squad one way or another with, with competition in every every department. Obviously, defence is a separate issue. We've all got our views about how, how well we've strengthened in defence. But they would argue they've delivered quite a chunky squad there and he should be, over the, over the course of the piece, be able to deliver something that looks better than it, better than it did, regardless of whether Troy is injured, regardless of whether Saar is completely fit or whether Welbeck can can come in and it and it just felt wrong and it doesn't didn't just feel wrong now for these first four or five games it was the end of last season as well and turning that around is a is a big job these you know footballers are egotistical they work on confidence and when all that's going in the wrong direction when it's right we've got players who can tear this division up we've we've shown it but when it's not not going well, people are grumpy, people are out of form, people are worried, people are losing confidence. That's when you get what we've seen for the last two or three months, really, if you roll the seasons into one. So I don't think I think that's a bit of a, a, a cop out, John, saying that he hasn't had a had a fit squad. Um, much as though I love Javier, as I've just said, I just think the team looked all wrong. It felt bad. Yeah, I don't think he needs to be let off the hook, really. From the uh, attacking perspective, you talked about players having confidence and we saw I think end of last season Pereira didn't look confident at all lacking form and I feel the same with Delafeo this season I know he had that little bit of an injury problem but when he came back into the side again didn't think he looked confident at all um, and that's where a manager or a head coach because that's the main responsibility of, of the man at the helm for us is to to coach these players that's that's his job. He needs to get those players going again, and that's what Kike's going to have to to yeah. pick up and do when he comes in. Because that was Javi's masterstroke when he came in. He started getting a tune out of players who have been um, who haven't been consistent before. The biggest one is Etienne Capou, who was so in and out in under all previous head coaches. Um, Javi got him going, and we we saw that we saw how important that was to us. He did the same for Pereira to start with last season, who started like an absolute train. But when when that disappears, this, this team's very mercurial, isn't it? It's full of mercurial players who on their day can be great, but when they're good, they're good. When they're bad, they're horrid. Um, and if you lose that, that, that magic dust, if you lose that sort of hold over them, then things go south pretty quickly, and we're, we're seeing that. And I don't know whether 
I don't, it's very, very difficult to get that back. You've hit the nail on the head there, Jace. It's how he, how he, how the head coach gets these players going. That the talent is there. They sometimes they need whether it's a kick up the backside, whether it's an arm around the shoulder, whether it's um, I don't know rose petals in their in their bath after the match. They, they all need something, um, and it, it wasn't happening for them for whatever reason. And uh, Kike's got a massive job on. Massive job. We'll get to Kike a bit later on, but I suppose the the feeling that we, you know we, we we felt you know surprised and sad. We'll, we'll get to our, the, the other feeling I sort of had. Um, the other one there is sort of like Jason. It's we're unsurprised that the Potsos have actually gone and done it, and that's what I, I wonder. You know, I feel unsurprised that they've been this ruthless. Do you think everyone else in the world of football feels the same? Have they got used to it? I I, I think. Everyone else in the football world will be <laughs> almost sort of rubbing their their hands with um, glee because they've got content to produce now. Because they, they, it's going to be our oh, typical Watford. They, they'll have their phrases set out. Oh, that why have they done it? Cup final last year, best Premier League finish. Oh, I hope they go down. Deserve to go down. Everything that's wrong with with modern football. And that's that's the annoying thing. And and I always, whenever we do this, I always have this scene in the back of my head that it's football, it's sport. At some point we are probably going to get relegated and this is probably going to go wrong for us and all these pundits are going to be going oh I told you so told you so and that is so annoying it's worked for us ever since the Potsdays have come in it's it's worked and we are on our greatest run of seasons in the in the modern Premier League era and we're not far away from matching the run that we had under Taylor until Bassett came in and ruined it and it's just that yeah that's going to be the annoying niggly thing that looking at Twitter you know it's 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 starting already and and it's going to happen over the the coming days and weeks and we've got this tough run coming up as well and there's a a good chance we're not going to it's not going to have an immediate impact and we're going to struggle to pick up points in the next three games and people will be doing that. They will be going, I told you so, I told you so. It's not going to work. Gary Lineker's the most high-profile one, isn't it? Which, which actually surprised me, because I think Gary, I think he tends to be quite, quite balanced and quite sensible. He obviously knows a lot about the game. He's, he played it and works in it. So him saying, oh, yes, you know, Watford, Watford sort of did a bit of a sarky tweet, didn't they? Because um, he tweeted about um, Silver being, being dispatched and saying, well, this is a terrible decision by Watford. They won't get anyone better, yada, yada, yada. And then, of course, Javi came in and, and, and all was wonderful for a bit. And, and, and Watford tweeted Gary Lineker in saying, well, this aged well, didn't it? Um, one of those Saki tweets. And he quote tweeted that yesterday saying, well, this won't end well either. It's, dis- it's disgraceful that Watford are dispensing with Javi after his first bad run. And I, a part of me does agree with it. From the outside looking in, you're not living and breathing Watford. You don't understand the nuances of, of how it's been. But also what it, it, it smacks off to me is... This is a reminder, Watford fans. You shouldn't be you shouldn't be expecting better. You should know your place. And if you do get to an FA Cup final, that's you know take that and be grateful for it. Don't look to don't look to to get better. Don't look to improve because you've had your fun. You've had your day in the sun. It's someone else's turn now. And it's like no, we've we've actually we've got a right to to act in what and what what we think is the best interest of the club. And that's what Gino and Scott do, as they've proved. Um, year in year out since they since they joined the club and you know we've rolled the dice again and eventually um it probably will go wrong because it goes wrong for everyone ultimately in the end at some stage um and Jace is right they will there will be lots of gleeful faces um laughing as uh, as it all goes wrong but the thing that gets me the most is this sort of 
had a had a bit of a set to with with Barry Glendenning, um, who DCW will know well, sort of saying that we were we were entitled because we wanted to to bring in a new a head coach that was going to do a better job. Uh, and whilst I think the time frames have concertinaed spectacularly about how long you'd give a you'd give a manager. I think there's also a, you just have to accept that, well, Watford want to get better. And sometimes for that to happen, serious and decisive change is required. And to suggest that that's not appropriate for Watford, that's what gets me, that's what gets my go. It's, well, know your place, Watford. You shouldn't, you shouldn't make an improvement. You stick with what you've got and just be happy. Absolutely not. These, this is an individual, I think it's an overarching belief that yes. why, should you, why should you feel like you can get any better than finishing 11th in the Premier League and, and to an FA Cup final? You should just stick with Javi Gracia because that's what he delivered. Well, we're probably not going to get to the FA Cup final this year and we've st- if we stuck with him, we're probably going to get relegated. So is that what we're supposed to do? Just to sort of queue up in line like Oliver with his empty bowl um, and just accept our fate at the end of the season? No, it's that's... It's, I find it incredibly frustrating that everyone sort of buys into this new world of, of, of the glittering Premier League, yet Watford, some, for some reason, aren't, aren't a proper part of it. They should just know their, know their, know your role. Um, I, I, it really gets my goat. So, but there is that nervousness, isn't there, that, um, that, that one day it's gonna, they're gonna, not going to roll, roll a double and it's, uh, we're going to end up with egg on their faces. But at least they acted, acted decisively. So, no... We're not surprised, I don't think. We all felt it in our water, really, deep down. I said, I, said, I asked um, our entire uh, group, didn't I, in the, in the week, so how are we feeling? Is it, is it keep or, or get rid? And everyone to a man said keep. But then there were lots of little caveats that came out <laughs> after. Yeah, they were. Definitely keep him, but I think but. he'll probably go or mm. we probably need to do this. So from Watford's, Watford supporters, I think you'll probably struggle to find someone who's surprised. Outside world... As Jay said, I think it's the usual tropes coming out, the usual responses, um, failing to look at what happened last season and, and combining it with this season. We've seen it so many times. You end the season badly, you keep the same personnel largely, the same that you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always got. Um, the, the, the Premier League is littered with teams who have ended the season badly, kept faith with that management team and that group of players and ended up going down the following season or at least the, the, the one after that. So... It's disappointing to see for, from the outside world, but we're not surprised by that either. Um, so I think we're, we're well equipped to deal with it. We either just, most of us don't engage anymore, do we, as, as Watford fans? It's sort of the old phrase, bingo, isn't there, that, that we'll, we'll no doubt roll out over the next uh, 24 hours. But we're wise to it. We don't engage with it and just let them get on with their lazy sort of uh, lazy statements, I guess. A podcast made by Watford fans, fans for Watford fans from the rookery end. Mike's surname is Parkin, his son called Arlo, and this is our feature, Michael Parkinson. It gives me great pleasure to welcome once again to Michael Parkinson. Arlo, Arlo, how are you doing? Good. Now, interesting times as always at Watford. We found out yesterday down at Cheshire United that Javi Gratia has left the club. How are you feeling? Like it's a good decision. Well, in the middle because he got us to the finals. He started off well last season, but he just wasn't doing well this season. It's all right at decision. So do you think that'll save Watford's season? I think so. Arlo, I admire your honesty and uh, welcome your positivity. Thank you so much for joining us. Bye-bye, see you next time. So even though 
Harry has has left. Um, we have uh, uh, an old friend uh, returning, Enrique. Kike Sanchez Flores, uh, Watford manager between 2015 2016 season, who was the first manager to keep us in the Premier League. Uh, and in fact, in this uh, current uh, volume of uh, volume four of the Watford Treasury, Colin Payne, the editor of the amazing uh, magazine, uh, does sort of look back at Kike's year uh, and and in very fondly. And that is the thing we, we're very fond about Gracia but actually we're very fond also about Kike and and reading the article back again yesterday uh, I I was reminded of actually that last game of the season where we drew 2-2 against Sunderland uh, in 2016 and he did a lap of honour around that place with all the rookery staying all cheering and singing you know singing the, the, the chant that's a good place to type a person to bring in to this squad, isn't it, Mike? Like I said, my emotions are all over the shop with this. Great to see someone back. He's a known quantity. We've got his song ready, so the crowd will be bouncing for, for the Arsenal game. And, and as you said, oh, the, the, the send-off he got was, was great. Uh, but you have to, we have to remember the end of that season was pretty naff, culminating in that, that FA Cup semi-final, which was... I found incredibly annoying. Kike had turned it in, the players had turned it in, um, and we may as well have not turned up in that game, which I, f- I found absolutely insufferable. Um, so that that season ended ended badly. He, Kike was brought in to be to replace Slav, of course, who is a more expansive coach, and Kike was brought in to shore things up defensively and make us a, a tough-to-beat unit, which he did very, very well. Uh, we didn't concede many goals in those early games and he set a really decent platform. Gr- on one level, absolutely great to have him back. Like I said, known quantity. And as you alluded to there, the fans do like him. I think we will, as we talk about it, we'll remember that, that bad portion to the, to the season. So there'll be not, a bit of trepidation perhaps, but I think we're, we're looking back, you'll get more of a golden glow. We'll see it more through rose-tinted specs than, than not, if that makes sense, as you just alluded to, John, there, reading the, reading the article. Great to have him back, but he's got a, a lot on his hands. A, a lot's changed at Watford since, since Kike was there, um, and a lot's changed in terms of what he's expected to do. And this is a real challenge, because he's been not, he hasn't been airlifted into a situation where he's got to um, start the season and keep us up. We're already up against it, um, so it'll be absolutely fascinating to see, see how he does. But I do expect there to be a lift in terms of how we feel about things and how the, the sort of atmosphere in the ground. You say the, the season we're up against it. There was a lovely little exchange between yourself uh, and, and DCW on our WhatsApp group with like the two contrasts of Watford fans. You saying everything's <laughs> death and, and thunder and him saying it'll be fine. And he, you know, the feeling he's got literally a full uh, season uh, ahead. In fact, I think we're only uh, three points behind where he was at this point of the season during his season of tenure between 2015-2016. But that and, and where we end up will be the, the rest of the podcast this season, I suspect. Jason, what do you expect him to do and how we're going to change between the end of Javi's era and the beginning of Kike 2? What's he going to do first and what kind of football are we going to see this year, do you think? What he's going to do first is no one's going to be surprised by this. Um, his MO is, is going to be making things solid, keeping it tight, 
stop conceding those silly goals. That's going to be his, his number one priority. Will it be the same football that we saw in season one? His appointment, his appointment feels like we've hit the reset button almost. What's he going to do with that, do you think, Jason? You know, we know there's several players in that defence who were around when he was last here. Cathcart, Prudel, Holobas. Um, there, but there's a lot, a lot of other new players there. What kind of defence is he going to do? Is he going to be just a straight four? Or actually, are we going to see a little bit more? I think he'll start of a straight four. But I believe he has used three at the back uh, since he's been away from Vicarage Road. So he's he's got that in his locker. But I think at the start, it'll be a... It'll be a back four. Personnel-wise, we may see a change. We know he didn't get on with Holobas. That was one of the things that maybe frustrated me in his first season. We saw Holobas come in against Chelsea because Ake couldn't play against his parent club at the time. Had a fantastic game. Ake's form was dipping slightly, but Ake got straight back into the the first team the following week. Um, So I don't know how that relationship will affect what happens on the left side of defence. But he's got, I've talked about the coaching he's got to do. I think he's got a lot of coaching to do with that defence. He's got to, to get them thinking positively, thinking confidently that they can do a job. Uh, whether it will be a lift to Cathcart, whose form hasn't been great this season, to Dawson, who hasn't started as well and seems like he's forgotten how difficult the Premier League is since he started with us. It, it's it's a difficult job. It's not just a case of saying, oh, right, yeah, personnel changes to fix it. We can't, we haven't got the massive depth at the back there. We've got players, but they're all of a similar level. So there's no, there's no obvious solution to this. He's got his work cut out. But on the whole, Mike, I just went through the squad and, you know, I named three players that played under him there were very few other players in terms of attack that were the same when he was last here um, so there's a lot of new players who, who've never played under him uh, and won't have anything to, to hold on to and I, and I think it's really important that we that we recognise when Kike was last last at, at the club things were very different and we had Troy Deeney and Igalo going absolutely berserk in the Premier League and I always look back on, on that partnership really as, as the reason that we have had this success in the, in the Premier League. We've, we've built this, this foundation. I don't think anyone expected them to be as successful as they were as a partnership. They scored a lot of goals. And I think, to be perfectly frank, we, we struck lucky because um, we saw uh, Igalo's form tail off quite dramatically um, in, the, in, the, in the following season. And we probably would never get that again, if that makes sense. It was a real golden period. Everything just clicked for us. And there was a bit of luck involved in that and we haven't now got so while you know Jace is right he's going to be obviously going to be focusing on 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 shoring up the defense that's i assume why 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 he's been brought back but before he was able to sort of almost focus on defense because he didn't have to worry about attack because he knew that he had these guys who were absolutely fire on fire popping them in from from all angles weren't they um, carrying on their form from from the championship and we just haven't got that anymore we haven't the attacking isn't taking care of itself we've got you know, Andre Gray is effectively the only person who looks like he's going to ever ever score for the club at the moment. Um, you've got these mercurial characters in, in Pereira and Delafay who can't really work out um, where their best position is, whether they want to be at the club, whether that day they feel like adding anything to the to the to the performance. So not only has he got his work cut out, as Jay said, with his with his, with with working with the defence and, and getting them into into shape very, very quickly, he's now he's also got to have added focus on on up up top as well so the job is an 
is a monumental one for him, and I and it, uh, whether he can solve the the this puzzle, this Rubik's cube, this conundrum quick enough is is going to be fascinating. Mike, look, all he's got to do is beat Arsenal and beat Man City, and the man's a genius. <laughs> <laughs> well, the man is a genius. We know that. It's it's good. It's good to it's good to have him back. Yeah, but I think I, I, I do worry a little bit. It is the first time we talked earlier about how we view the outside world viewing Watford. And I do, I do, it does feel like this is the first time that they've admitted that it's not going to plan or, or it's, a, it's an appointment that suggests things aren't, isn't going to plan because what I've said before on the podcast and what I've said before when speaking in other podcasts or, or doing articles is that what, what they're after is this incremental improvement, bit by bit, getting better every year so that we can attract better players, be more solid in the, in the Premier League attract bigger crowds so we can fill Vicarage Road which I don't know if we've mentioned it actually this year but the new, the ground is looking absolutely superb with the corners being filled in so we look we go for that sort of incremental improvement and I think by going back to Kike I think my take is that they're going hang on this isn't going the way we need it we need a finger in the dam here and and that's that that's what I think it is that's that it's a a, a pair of um what what they perceive to be safe hands so it's almost, I wonder if it's whether we've given up on improvement this year and we're looking just to hang on in there and, and consolidate. And I think it feels a little bit like, the, not panic stations, I think that's that's pushing it a little bit far because as we've said, we know what we're going to get with, with Kike and, and so do, more importantly, so does do Gino and Scott. They, they, they are working on the basis that his demeanour, his approach, his tactics, his style is what we need at this time of the season in this in this situation. I get what you're saying there, Mike, but actually, if you want incremental improvement and you know that it's going wrong, how do you continue and ensure or do your best at getting an increment this season? And that increment yeah. goes by not taking too far a step back. So, I, you know, for me, it, this isn't a step backwards with getting uh, Kike in, it's it's half a step backwards because there's so much stuff that goes on in a football club and how a football club works. And he's there, he knows how it works. That almost yeah. feels like a far, far better choice for forgetting the first team, but looking as Watford as a club and everything that we've developed in the last five years as a club, he was almost there at the beginning of it, so there's this current phase. And he knows how it works, and that takes away, I reckon, probably about a thousand things that anyone else coming into this club would do. Yeah. It, that, that, that's, we don't know, of course, but that, that, that was a feeling I got. That, you know, Maybe my initial reaction was, oh, that's a, a step back. Lovely to see you, uh, Kike, but uh, it feels like a step back. But I actually think it's, there's a little bit of wisdom there in terms of making yeah. sure that we continue to be a Premier League club and, it, and you know, it not be too horrendous. The other thing is that we need to consider here is that he has been coaching since he left Watford. He's, he's um, been at Espanyol and I think he's been in China as well, hasn't he? So this is uh, a Kike with a few more years experience as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure being the man he is, he will have learned and developed over that time. So... This is Kike Mark II. It really is Kike Mark II we are getting, a, 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 a perhaps a, a new and improved Kike. And there may be additional things that he can bring to the table. So not necessarily a backward step in that sense. You know, you always go on, Mike, you know, about how important it is to get to the 40 points. And that by far 
that, that's not the, the, the a brand new aim and objective for, for this season. Uh, that's That was always there. Um, it just feels different, I think, at, at, at this point. But that, that's, that's going to be the plan. It's going to be get to 40 points, stay in the Premier League. The question is how quickly can we get there and how quickly does our mindset and our feelings as what for fans change from survival to, hey, we could do better than this. Because the difference in the Premier League between being in the bottom three and being not quite in the top six, seven is actually quite small. And it is only going to take a run. And it, it only took a run of a few games for Kike in 2015-16 to keep us as a Premier League side. And those two games are Arsenal and Manchester City. I'm being positive, Michael. They're the two games that are going to really rock on this season and we're going to win them both. Agreed? Blimey. Uh, no, absolutely. <laughs> Neither would I, really. Categorically not. I do think that, when again, we had a conversation last night in, in the group and I think it was, it was KT, it was Hollywood who said, we'll be all right, it's just not going to be as exciting as last year. And I think I would take that I would take it not being exciting because that means we're not embroiled in a in a season long relegation battle. Because for me, and people do remind me, you know, my dad is very sensible, very down to earth. He said, "Mike, there's four games gone. Relax, man. You're going to be you'll be fine. You've got plenty of time to turn this round." So, so I think we're all carrying around this weight of, of 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 lengthy poor form, aren't we? And perhaps that is jaundicing our view a little bit that, to remember that it is only four games in. But for me, because of that, I do think this is. We're in, we're in danger. I think we're in, in real danger for me. I just feel like that it, it's going to be a big ask to turn this round, even though it is so, so soon. So if we can finish clear of the relegation zone, but that's it, then I'll be absolutely happy with that now. I really, I've spoken to a couple of other Watford fans and I've said, Do you know what, when we got promoted, if, if you'd have told me that we'd get five seasons in the, in the, in the Premier League, an FA Cup semi-final, an FA Cup final, and then dip back into the Championship at that time... I probably would have taken it. And I kind of, well, yeah, I, I get that. But I also love Watford being where they are. I really do love Watford being, being at top table. Those matches feel like um, experiences. We're seeing our players develop. We're seeing the best players come to Vicarage Road. I really don't want Watford to get relegated. I really, really don't. I think it, it just we're doing so well. We're building something that's, that's so great. And I'd be so disappointed and upset to see us see us go down, which I think that weighs, weighs heavy on me as well. I know I, I haven't consolidated it with the fact that I'm, I'd be, be happy to go down, you know, more football, the championship's more fun. I don't buy that at all. So I'm putting pressure on Watford really not, not to let me down. I, don't, I really don't want it to happen. So no, well, for me, Michael, just avoiding worry. relegation is, is, the big, is the big one. Now, Jason, quiz question for you. How many other men have returned as manager of Watford in our history? Oh, well, obviously there's, uh, there's Mr Taylor. Correct. Three times, technically. Who else? Who else? I think there could be one. Have a guess how many? Going back. I, 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 think, I think it's going to be two. It's three. Oh. The most recent one is Graham Taylor. Uh, then Len uh, Goulden, who was the manager uh, between 52 and 56, uh, then, well, technically, he, he he went up to be general manager for a while, uh, and then what was the football like under Len uh, Jace? You will have seen that first. <laughs> <then>. <laughs> 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 of course, the worst yeah, one of funny. the lot, uh, 
was the the first one was uh, Neil McBain, of course. Uh, those yeah, of you who've McBain, listened, yeah, McBain was the one I think I had in the back of my head. Yeah, yeah if you've listened to Hornet Heaven podcast, McBain's yeah. character in that, uh, of course, in between managing Watford uh, and two spells, he managed. Luton Town mm. uh, and of but, course he was uh, immortalised in The Simpsons wasn't he McBain <laughs> <laughs> so we're off on another roller coaster of a Watford season uh, and I think we're at that point now where it's going to be chug 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 up the track before a massive dive at some point or another because hey this is a Watford and that's what happens in our season thank you very much Michael no problem uh, and thank you very much Jason Thank you. Uh, and hopefully we won't have to get the emergency podcast alarm out again because my ears really, really are stinging. We'll be back again next week. Uh, once Watford have played... Oh, actually, Mike, we might have actually kicked off this whole thing on Thursday night. I, I think we did, didn't we? We were, we've, pl- we've been playing with fire. Yeah. You hear about this on the next podcast, but what? But we, yeah, we, we might have caused it, Mike. We were sort of playing with something that a bit out of the ordinary, weren't we? And I feel like, yeah, in doing that, we've perhaps played with fire. We've sort of overreached a little bit and played with stuff we haven't understand. And it might have inadvertently kick-started this chain of events. Mm. Well, you'll hear exactly what we did at the beginning of the next podcast before Watford take on Arsenal at Vicarage Road at half past four. Uh, on a Sunday thank you very much and uh, we'll be back again soon uh, from the Rooker End come on you odds.